So I just sent that to Ian as a drive link instead of like a YouTube video. That's you the what? beginning of the podcast. Is Kevin talking about Google Drive? Oh no! Wait. <laughs> We're working. We're du- working double time. Some of us working double time. What are you doing up over there, Kevin? You submitting videos for I'm approvals? I'm submitting videos. And... I got, I'm working. I'm about to publish a video. So interesting, considering that you should be recording a podcast. The greatest hour of everyone's week who listens to this. Is Look, that I right? Can do both at the same time. I can edit my video. <laughs> I do. Kevin should do the the intro or whatever he's filming on the yeah. on the um, blue screen. Kevin, that that blue screen is far too nice. Welcome <laughs> to Safety Third. I'm your host, and here is William Osmond, and here is <laughs> Nigel. <laughs> oh, you gonna pull down your asbestos just, ceiling? Yeah. All right, I did the math. Um, this hour podcast that we do is uh wait times 100 am i doing this right is 0.6 percent of uh each person's week that listens to it that's not right 0.6 percent mm, i mean yeah that probably is it's, right it's about 60 percent of my work week. it's 168 <laughs> hours a week so this 0.6 percent of your week is the best percent of your week Leave a comment down below if that's true. This video's gonna have zero comments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Shit. Wait, Kevin, what's your video? Rocket knife. Oh, I'm making a new video too. My new video is gonna publish as well. Is this the week? Is this the week where everybody publishes? Have you noticed that everybody seems to publish at the same time? Hmm. I wonder why that is. Well, sometimes it's like sponsor deadlines, but no, I think this it. no, 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 like something surpasses. Like this is bigger than sponsor. You think there's deadlines. some kind of like cycle that all the YouTubers sync up to, like some kind of solar moon phenomenon? Yeah. I just don't post, so I'm not part of this. That's true. <laughs> How do you pay your bills? Uh, it's uh it's a question that uh, you know, the power goes off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just boo. Have you talked about what your idea is? I actually think this, I think the video you're doing is probably, Illegal. I don't want to say it's the greatest idea ever, but it's up there. It's, it's up there with like, uh, time spent kind of building and making and doing things. Yeah. I feel like it's such a cool idea that I really am like trying to spend a lot more time doing it. And like, I want it to be perfect, you know? Yeah. If I saw that title thumbnail, like describing what it is, I there's no way I wouldn't watch it. Here's the thing: the rough, the rough cut is extremely rough. Like I'm going through it, and I'm like, oh no. Yeah, like, well. I mean, what's the, rough the, about it? The cool stuff, like, because you know, it's kind Just of like say what it is, say what it is. I'm making it's like a rocket knife. You know, I did the old rocket knife video, but this new rocket knife, it just has a lot more knives on it and it's a lot bigger rocket. <laughs> a lot more rocket and a lot more knife. How much more rocket is there and how much more knife is there? Um about six times the knives and about twenty times the rocket. Oh damn. So it's it's like that's 120 times the power. It's going to be uh, I better get 120 times the views. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I did that when I was younger. I put, I made two inch PVC rocket motors, which is basically a pipe bomb. Don't do this. I think we talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe my fuel just wasn't as good. But 
I don't remember them having anywhere near as much power as what I've seen from the clips you showed me. <laughs> like, I, I think um, it did explode in your video. That might. Yeah. Was it? How much fuel was in these rockets? Two pounds? Uh, mine about one pound, like 480 grams. What was the diameter? The internal diameter or the diameter of the uh, fuel? One and a half inches. <sighs> yeah, I think mine just sucked. So I don't know. I did like. There's a lot of programs. I, you pr I don't know if you use the like any kind of help to make them or not, but no. everything pretty much has to be like really specific. Like there has to be a there's an ideal nozzle diameter like for the throat yeah. of the nozzle. Mine was Home Depot ideal. washers with two nails running through the <laughs> sidewalls of the tube to suspend yeah. the washer, and then I used plumber's putty to create like a ceramic nozzle. Mm. That sounds I, you know really I tried that too. That tech. was my first test, and guess you know what happened? Guess what happened? It exploded. It exploded. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Hmm. So this is very interesting results. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, Kevin, I never saw the 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 sample videos. He posted them. I posted them. Yeah, but why I've been, don't I've been in a like in a coma? When did you post it? Like, like a, week a week ago. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was in Toronto. Uh, oh, oh Alan, I think you were. Like, yeah, you were hanging out with Alan up at. Uh, yeah, Hussein. I was gonna come, and then I had to finish this video. Classic so YouTuber I, excuse. It, where Where is Alan? I don't know. <laughs> I haven't talked to him in like, I have no idea where he is. And I haven't talked to him in like over a yeah, week. Yeah, he's supposed to be here. Here, yeah. But he hasn't responded to anybody on Discord, but he's like, he's kind of like Discord boomer. Um, and I, I was supposed to go to Canada to come up and visit you and James and Evan Kale. Uh, and that didn't happen. Did you meet Evan Kale? I did. How was that? He told me that I was the greatest human being he's ever met that's how you know he's lying <laughs> he didn't tell me that <laughs> he was he was a cool guy i don't want to ruin alan's amazing documentary is he filming no yeah okay well whatever alan is alan can do it alan wants. alan's documentary almost failed though because he just like he met evan and then talked to him for five minutes he goes you know what i don't need to make this documentary <laughs> what are you talking about you what came all the way here Ellen's like, nope. Yeah. I got what I, I needed. <laughs> like, I, what? Who is Evan Kale? For people who don't know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking podcast pro gamer. <laughs> Evan Kale is a... If you, if you took Evan Kale and maybe me and... Who's the third person? There was one... Oh, and uh, Filthy Frank. And you've made some, you know, some... A, a baby... Uh, you'd get Michael Reeves. So Evan Kale, I think, is... You can go look at his old videos. Well, he privated a bunch of them. Uh, Michael Reeves has been, you know, left a bunch of comments on them. And I think that if you look at Evan's videos and Michael's videos, there's a lot of crossovers. Like, if you like Michael Reeves' videos, you'll probably also like Evan Kale videos. You probably know who Evan Kale is. You just haven't you just thought don't of it know for a while. It. Yeah. Yeah. He would make, like, these just weird kind of, like little technology things like like robots but like kind of not robots like he would do cool stuff but like less big it was closer to like the you know shitty robot territory but it was never robots it was, it was also like, pretty educational at the same time like it wasn't just yeah but he was, was like, kind of you know, like kind of interesting inventions or something right like the inventions themselves were less interesting than the 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 persona of evan kale yeah um who is you know almost kind of like feels schizophrenic or something like just very like um i don't know how to describe it like very chaotic 
in a not normal way. <laughs> and he stopped making videos. And he privated a bunch of his videos. And um, Alan want, wanted to uh, make a thing talking about why. He wanted to explore why. You know, it's it's hard. It's hard to like. I, I've been talking. Okay. Oh man, I got the deeper I get into YouTuber, the more like s the more slow I go with making videos. Like the bigger I want to do stuff. Mm. And it's a trap, man. It's a it is a trap, but it's also like kind of an artist thing where it's like interesting stories deserve, mm. you know, in my mind to be properly fleshed out. And filming a thing about Evan Kelly, I mean, because I've got a couple of them right now that are in my back pocket that we've been working on. One of them is. Um, spending you know like time with mr beast right so like living with mr beast for some amount of time um already did that already filmed it i don't really know what to do with it and we've been having a big conversation um ian and i ian doki who's he's helping me do everything now uh about what it is because it's it's not something that i would normally do it's like why would i go live with mr beast right and i it's like to me, there's something really interesting in what Mr. Beast is and my experience with old YouTube. And the more we talk about it, the more I like kind of get in my own head about thinking nobody cares, right? Like, does anybody care about old I YouTube? Care. Does anybody care? I mean, I know you care, but that's mm -hmm. the problem is we're kind of like YouTube Kevin, you're from old boomers. YouTube. We're boomers, man. We're not, we're not dead. Like, there's definitely a generation <laughs> of dead YouTubers. Like, not dead you know, yet. No offense, yeah. but uh, like, yeah, like Casim G, Shay Carl, Lisa Nova. <laughs> you don't need um, to name anybody. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm trying to like I'm trying to build up just this time. Nile Red. Uh, Nile Red, Nile Blue. Ah, uh, dead uh, too soon. Uh William Osmond two. William Osmond two, William Osmond one. Um yeah. Oh no. Rest in I, peace. I mean that just they're not actually dead. They just are like they're so early, right? Because you've got people from the the era of like boomer YouTube, which is kind of us, but we came a few years after that like ancient YouTube. We came like and, many years after, yeah. Well, because two thousand it was like two thousand six, two thousand seven, and then things were picking up up to two thousand ten, like twenty ten. There was two real like ultimate turning points in youtube the first was when it was just made and like you said the people some of the people you named started like that early um yeah. and it's like but then the turning point was they didn't make money until i think like 2012 or something uh, no, like, i would say 20, saying, 2010 was the turning or sorry point. they like, made money but there, it wasn't open it was like 2012 yeah. or something's when youtube's like anybody i think that was the beginning of the industrial revolution of youtube it was like like 2010 was kind of like the the trajectory began right where people could see like they could see the light at the end of the tunnel they could everyone was starting to like connect the dots about monetizing what essentially was more of a creative platform yeah people were doing it privately but then they started doing it commercially like embedded in the platform with you know mcns mm. and um, running ads oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah so and then like maker studios was you know like like casim g shay carl lisa yeah. nova there's a whole handful and there's a bunch of interesting stuff there and a bunch of interesting like drama okay, yeah, that's like right. the youtube that i grew up with i feel like it had an inflection when basically anyone you didn't have to be part of that to make money right so but at the no. same time no one really viewed youtube and online stuff as a as something that you could just do to make money and it was really like 2013 2014, yeah, I think is when people started be the idea came forward because even when I put my first video up in 2014, the idea of making money on it was just not really talked about or if at if all. you made YouTube videos in 2010, you were a loser. 
Yes. If you make videos, well, in no, you were perceived as a loser. Yeah. No, no. Uh, you're you a were. A and if you loser. make videos in 2022, you make money and you're also a loser. In, 20, <laughs> yeah. in 2012, nobody, not a single kid, ever said that they wanted to be a YouTuber. No, that it just didn't exist. Well, no, maybe not a kid. If but you like, said you wanted to be a YouTuber, people were like, "You're cringe." Right. But now people they want to do YouTube. They want to do you know. Yeah, you're still cringe. So I guess what, what I'm, what I'm getting cringe. at is like to me, I think it's interesting how we got from the early YouTube days where yeah. people were modeling themselves more after like the creative entertainment industry, mm. and things have changed into what it is now, which is it's like kind of its own domain. Like no one is copying TV, no one's copying you know movies, like. Hmm. It, that was the goal right it's like how do you go from like youtube is kind of like this platform that i can springboard into the media industry and now all of a sudden it kind of it's, like became its own industry yeah. and i think that means a lot of like a lot of there's good things but there's also like a lot of bad things and i don't know if if people have any interest in going into that kind of journey and using you know living with mr beast essentially as the kind of the catalyst of like here is essentially the the cream of the crop right now. Like this is YouTube. Like if mm. I had to put one face on the cover of YouTube, it would probably be Jimmy. You know, for a while it was like PewDiePie or Casey Neistat or yada yada. Yeah, and for sure it's Jimmy, Jimmy right? And yeah. it's like, dude, they hire Will Smith. They were like paying Will Smith to make videos on the platform. YouTube was hiring him, right? Like they paid him. Like they wanted these faces. Mm. Now all of a sudden you've got this guy who like became the face, and the platform didn't pay him anything. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. Like, is it harder to make videos now than it used to be? Like, for, for an up-and-comer? Like, if you were to start from scratch right now, do you think you could do it in the same way that you did it when you did it? I think the answer is both yes mm -hmm. and no. Do you think that growing up and kind of growing your legs in old YouTube was a better and more successful trajectory than trying to do that now? <laughs> like, like, it's not, is no. the market right now going to hinder you it's is the market going to keep you from learning how to do so, it in a good way does that make I, sense like a softer takeoff or a softer I, I, landing yeah like, so i i think that i started in 2014 kevin was yeah i think you're like 2011 or but something what does that earlier? mean you started in 2014 how long had you been thinking about it for no i didn't think about youtube very long i just like posted but you knew it was I, a thing before 2014 yeah but i didn't i did put any thought into making youtube videos but you watched youtube videos yeah, yeah vaguely we knew you knew what it was. How would you make videos if you didn't know what it was? Yeah, yeah, no, obviously knew what the plot. To me, it was just a video hosting like meme platform. I didn't. I just right. like I'd watch like thirty second memes on it. Like it wasn't really. Um, either way, though, I was going to say that I think that joining early, like I think Kevin, yeah, you're like twenty eleven or something, vaguely maybe twenty thirteen. But okay, that let's was say, my second channel. Okay, but let's so say I was. Let's say twenty thirteen. Yeah. I posted my first video in twenty fourteen. I think Will, you were like twenty sixteen. Uh, or 2015. Well, I mean, like, of your, channel, yeah. of your current yeah, yeah, yeah. channel. Yeah. I think that, like, you objectively... I did not have a clue what I was doing for, like, four to five years. But I no. think the difference is that YouTube was also kind of not knowing what it was doing. So my video, in comparison to everyone else, was not... Yeah, people were okay with watching a video that where the guy doesn't know what they're doing, 
versus today. Yeah, so I'm saying that like I was able to make money and grow a platform, whereas I think if you started now with a crappy video, you it would be much you won't be you won't be able to be financially stable for a longer time until you get that understanding, which might prevent you from doing it at all. Okay, let's approach it from a different angle because this is kind of like the surface level that I'm I'm trying to get underneath. Okay. Do you think that the content you watched before you started making videos affected the way you made videos? Uh, short answer. Where did the inspiration make yeah. videos Yeah, come I think from? it did. I would say it did. Do you think watching an old backyard scientist video and then wanting to make your own version of it is a lower barrier to entry than watching a Mr. Beast video and then trying to make your first YouTube video? I see what you're saying. Yeah, for sure. Hey, what is your expectation as a up and like a new creator making like when you go to make your first video how do you synthesize what that video is about like what story are you telling and where did you learn how to tell a story do you um, think seeing these like very kind of explosive absolute like top tier high dollar pieces of content that dominate the platform makes it difficult for people to kind of get up and running with their first videos because that's like the expectation that lives within their head is they have to compete with that I think so. Yeah. But on the I'd other say, hand, yeah. it doesn't have to be like that because there's, you know, a lot of people who make kind of by today's standards really kind of stupid and, you know, unpolished videos and they do great. Mm. Like most of TikTok, honestly. I think it I think it matters which like what demographic or what kind of content you're making. So, for example, if when I started, I did watch Kevin's videos and see, oh, that's how he filmed it. That's how he did it. But it's just like. Again, it was, oh, it's just a guy with a, you know, a camera in his backyard. It yeah. felt very accessible. So when I was just a guy with a camera, I was kind of like 50% of what Kevin was doing. Whereas I can see now where they're like, oh, okay, they have all these gadgets. There's a whole, like, they've yeah. done all of these things. Uh, Kevin, like you said, you're, like, perfecting the story. And as a guy just starting, I'm like, dude, I, I have, like, three days to make this video after work. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, yeah, I, exactly. I can't do that. So I could see that someone sees that and goes, oh, I, just can't, I just can't do it. And I can see that being like a big barrier uh, of entry. And especially in certain realms uh, now for like the science stuff, I feel like it would just make a lot of people give up because there's just so much time yeah. investment and money investment that they're like, well, everything I make is crap. Yeah. And they just quit. So I think, I think like to me, my question is like, what is a, a, the most interesting story to explore is it you know if anybody listening to this has you know an opinion like would you rather do you want to hear about what i think it's like to be a, a new creator now like do people have interest in becoming youtubers themselves do they want to hear about um kind of the the history of youtube mm. or do they want to hear about like what 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 like I, I think there's like a couple different angles it's you know one new creators what is it like to be a new creator right now versus back then and trying to analyze and think about and, you know, talk to people and, and from then and now and, and just put together a story about what can you do now to try to succeed if everyone does collectively agree it is a little bit more difficult to start now? Are you thinking about maybe more like literally what it's like to be with Mr. Beast for 24 hours or what his schedule is like? Well, that's the thing is I, I we filmed that and I just don't know what to do with it because it's just kind of like i'm with mr beast and it's like who cares right i know people are gonna watch it but they're not gonna watch it for the reason that i want them to watch it i think it's harder going just to back like just to comment on like difficulty of getting started i just want to say 
I think it's motivationally much harder. But the the reason why TikTok and other stuff has taken off, I think, is kind of a response to how high effort everything has become. And it created a vacuum where I'm like, I just want to see a guy like throw something at a wall. But then Kevin's yeah. like, no, nah, I need a whole story. I need this. And it has to be a 12-minute video. Yeah. But then there's a vacuum of kind of easy access content. So it's like weirdly enough, there's that market is still there. But I think it's easy to see what you think is expected of you and then just completely give up and not try. Um, but there still is, you know, small science stuff that doesn't need a huge thing. And you can get a pretty decent following. Um, so what do you, what do you think is like the most, the most interesting angle? Is it, is it the new creator angle? Mm. Is it talking about how like YouTube as a whole and analyzing like is the system and the algorithm, is it actually kind of eating itself alive where it's allowing, it's allowing people to get a lot of views mm. and publish content and make money, but it's kind of like it's stagnating or, or choking growth at the bottom where people are having a more difficult time coming up. And so it's kind of like, you know, commentary on, on the platform and, you know, like the experience that people think that we have with YouTube versus the experience we actually have, you know, with YouTube. Um, or is it like looking at kind of what people think being a successful YouTuber is like what I thought about YouTube when I came into it? Uh, and what I think about now and am I just an old man who's like a little bit more crusty or have things changed drastically like did the pandemic drastically change the YouTube mm. ecosystem like is there is there less of a community than there used to be like I don't know if like if you guys feel like that but to me it kind of feels like like I don't really associate any person with the platform anymore. You know it used yeah, to be like for a while Casey true. Neistat right was like a poster child or you know Logan yeah. Paul. And now it yeah. kind of just feels like this dumping ground for videos. And there's not really anything that's like No, and YouTube. there's no like, way. That, and every time I go on YouTube, it's like I, I discover that I've been completely like <laughs> isolated in one corner of YouTube. Yeah. I hear about all these other people. And it's like, I don't know about them. YouTube never yeah. shows me any of their videos. You know, they're not pop popping up on trending. Right. They're not getting and, shown to me. In the and this, this is like, you know, because I've talked to a couple people that work there and they've said like I, I think they didn't really understand what i was asking where i was talking about like the like long-term problems that the algorithm might cause like just because the algorithm is doing a really good job delivering content which i think it does i think they've created the perfect algorithm but do you know what the perfect food is it's like heroin yeah but you can't exactly like, you can't just you see what eat I'm saying? heroin like, <laughs> but heroin gives you everything that you need which is just dopamine. Like you only need dopamine. Okay. Like you just need to feel good. Like that's your entire life revolves around feeling well, you're good. You could like have every to add decision. some sugar to that heroin. You could. But like, <laughs> and the YouTube algorithm just cur curates like the like the highest quality yes. and the most potent and you know. And I think there's a feedback loop where like it causes <laughs> creators to only like feed into that drip. And part of yeah. me thinks that you're kind of like you're you're like starving people or building up like a really like a tolerance to stuff and like kind of perpetuating this this perfect delivery system i think that that's true for sure and the only way i discover new creators now is on youtube shorts is by like going through the shorts and then i find somebody i like and wow look they, they have like right. a channel and they only have a hundred thousand or fifty thousand subscribers but you know they've been doing this for years and i've never seen their videos before so right. I think that maybe the, you know, that's, that's changing. So I don't know. I mean, what, what seems the most interesting? Is it about, you know, up and comers? Is it about 
the platform itself like being too good is it about me trying to figure out if i'm an old man yelling at the clouds or if it actually does feel a little bit more vacant like it feels more like a like a giant convention center that's got a single table in the middle and you're just kind of like there's too much space in here for how little stuff there is like it just feels vacant and i don't know if that's me i don't know if it was the pandemic i don't know if it's the platform i have no idea what it is you're gonna hate me when i say that all all of those ideas sound good and i think that there's a way to probably tie it all into each other without like focusing on one thing too much i yeah i have an answer or two answers yeah just make three answers videos. i have as many answers as you want uh no okay one thing i'd say is i do think the pandemic played a lot and the problem is especially with tiktok and other platforms a lot of creators grew on them, but then they weren't able to actually, there's no place to meet them. They all stayed within their yeah. own bubble. So then now when things open up again, it's kind of like people just aren't used to doing things. Um, you remember how we met, right? VidCon. Yeah. Do you know who didn't have any participation in like sponsoring VidCon this year? YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. And it's like, we met and we're doing this because of youtube but i also feel like youtube's just sort of like not doing that or providing those opportunities anymore i don't know why they weren't the sponsor of vidcon but i just wanted to comment on the uh on your the the ideas you have my general answer <laughs> they're shit what <laughs> he's gonna say they're shit <laughs> my answer is they're all bad no no I don't know. I feel like focusing on what really matters to you, which is probably like Kevin said, a mix of all these different things. Um, just kind of like figuring out what story you personally want to tell. Yeah. I guess I'm worried about like being too negative. Like after the, you know, the I'm done video where it was just a total, <laughs> I thought like, you were done. I mean, it's like what a breakdown for a variety of reasons. Like it, I, I almost have a hard time referencing certain things in videos because like I'm trying to stay away from those kinds of like mm. not, you know, mentalities, but it was, you know, a combination of crunched. Like I was just too crunched. Mm. I was like trying to keep up with the space. I, I could go in it for days and I feel like I don't even really want to go down that rabbit hole. Um, but uh, it, it had me thinking a lot about a lot of different things um, about, you know, doing YouTube videos and having it be kind of like this dream job but also at the same time, like causing all these, you know, like mental anguish issues <laughs> and trying to figure out like what, like damage. what am I doing wrong? Like why am I having so much trouble doing this? Because like I like making videos and I like doing stuff, but there was just this like, there was like this junction that I was having trouble with. And um, it's hard to explain it to people because a lot of, you know, most, some people will just be like, oh, well, you should be happy people are watching your videos. And it's like, I am, but I'm also, I, you know, struggling the way that like a I, lot. The way that I explain it, and I've told people this, is it feels like you're in a perpetual exam period. So it's like the yeah. moment you finish one exam, you, you're scrambling to study for the next one, and you don't even have time to celebrate because once you write that one exam, you're kind of scared you failed, but you also don't have time to think too much about it because you have to get started studying your next for your next one. So if you're posting on right. like a monthly basis, that's what it would be. Like it takes you a month of constant filming and editing, the moment you're done, you're like, well, I better start again or else I won't be done for the next one. I feel like content is going to come back around to where it was in the early days of YouTube, kind of more to a, like, you know, more impersonal mm. kind of like you're hanging out with the person yeah. more than like a higher produced video with a story. And I think that's why a lot of these content like collectives do good, like say offline TV videos. And I think Twitch streamers kind of have that going on. 
you know, like look at TikTok and look at YouTube shorts. It all feels more personal kind of and less like this yeah. big beast. And it feels like less I, of a I agree like, with hurdle that. to jump in and watch the video. I feel like we talked a bit about it when you were here. And I kind of like, I, I feel like I, there's some stuff I do want to save. Like if I do like the documentary or whatever it is. A documentary. The exploration. You're not I don't want to call it a documentary. documentary. You're I'm doc- just saying if it's longer, like this is a video that you can't do in like eight minutes. Like this is probably a 30 minute video. That's good. If not more. You know Daps? Yeah. So Daps is uh, for people oh, who don't know. He's like a you know member of our Safety Third community Discord. He yeah. hangs out on there. He also has a YouTube channel and he got 800 thousand subscribers almost nine hundred thousand now in like one year and he pretty much just posts shit posts like they're like meme videos but it's him you know he's not like doing meme edits or anything like that and he got a ton of views a ton of subscribers and he kind of quit it was too much pressure for him he kind of i don't know he says he got bored with it but that's the thing is nobody will give you the real answer and i know for a fact he probably there's no way he got bored with it a hundred percent a hundred percent. It's much deeper and much more like complainy I, than that. And yeah. I, I, feel I like there's a way to I, talk about it without coming off as you know complainy. I tried to do it when I did it, and people still called me complainy, which is fine. But I, I just like my point I was, is you can still do it. Like it's still possible to grow on YouTube, and I think he had success because he is kind of like the opposite of what most YouTube is right now. Yeah, it's just some dude making funny videos. I definitely want to talk to him about it. There's, there's a, I got, I have a list of people that I want to would would want to talk to in this to try to like explore the idea. But and and I like you know like Kevin I think has a good perspective from just being on the platform for so long. You've kind of you're like a, <laughs> what, you're like you know, one of those trees that's that was alive when the dinosaurs were alive. How, how many? <laughs> yeah, with eight million rings. Right. We got. We're gonna cut Kevin open <laughs> and, and see how, how many, many rings he's rings got. He has. <laughs> But like the original reason that we filmed that I wanted to film the 24 hours with Mr. Beast um, is I wanted to like see if I thought he was happy. That's I think that's a pretty decent like. (laughs) Yeah, but like also I had like just done a video about, you know, like dealing with negativity on the platform and kind of, you know, being a whiny ass about it and and sort of like and I, I you know like PewDiePie has remember the video he did ages ago where he talked about. Um, positivity and how there's like this expectation of positivity and how he was extremely like not having a good time but every video he made was putting that smile on you know putting his joker makeup on (laughs) i think that it's kind of um that's just like that's just part of being uh, a public personality is that there are situations where you can show certain things but it's like there are situations where you kind of can't because whether you want to think about it or not like that, the videos you make are there. There's some sort of presentation, right? Yeah. I just don't want people to think I'm miserable. Like I'm not miserable. I just feel like when you talk about stuff like this, they think you're miserable. I think it's, it's like, no, no, no. The way that you can talk about it. like if if you there is a way to talk about it without coming across as sounding like you're just complaining about it. Right. Yeah, but do you know the, the problem with a video like this is that it has to be essentially about a problem. Otherwise, why are you sharing it with people? Yeah. So it's like inherently documentaries are like kind of negative. Like they're always about something that people will find interesting and your brain is sort of tuned to that negativity. So like even from making normal videos, there's always like a problem usually. Like not always, but 
I've noticed that those tend to do better when you have a problem. So my answer to you too would be the fact that you still do YouTube, right? Means that it the 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 minuscule amount of pleasure outweighs the uh, what's it called uh, the the misery. Uh, but it's yeah. the if you can, I mean, so the so there's clearly a reason why you still do YouTube. So I feel like if right. if you did do a documentary where it's like let's say mildly negative but then it ends on the note of being like despite this i'm still doing it because of this which is true i'm, I'm assuming yeah. it's like then yeah. that's fine if it's just an entire video of you saying bad 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 and then overall bad it's <laughs> just kind of like okay that's just a complaint yeah. video i have an answer i don't know if i want to share it here but i would say the fact that i feel like there's not a strong community is probably the biggest pointer as to like my overarching feelings hmm. like i like that that's why i got into youtube yeah was because of the idea of this like physical place that you could imagine youtube existing kind of like the first vidcon i went to in 2018 like the first vidcon i went to in 2018 that was youtube and i feel like that doesn't exist anymore and i can't tell if it's because i'm an old man yelling at the clouds it sounds a little bit like an old man. I think a lot of right. it is the pandemic, though, to be honest. Because even, even before that, like in 2019, my friends that I grew up with or I've known for years, it was like every single weekend. There was, you were at somebody's house. Something was happening. Uh, people were always inviting you to events. This year? Yeah, totally. Kind Either of like, that changed or you're a loser now. no. The moment, Kevin. the moment, because we had, we had pretty harsh shutdowns now. <laughs> we had pretty, sorry, we had pretty harsh shutdowns in 2020, but it was, it was very strong. It went from seeing the same people almost every single weekend to not seeing them for a year and a half or more. Yeah. And then it's like a lot of them I just barely talk to. And then I even see it among with my brother. I used to do something with my brother and my, some of my other friends like all the time. And even at our office, people are very lazy about doing stuff in the evening I'll be like, let's go do this. Uh, I kind of want to just go home and like, and it's not just getting old. It's that there was a time where you did that every single day and there was no other option. And a friend of mine even met, told me the other day. I think that's getting old. No, he goes, I just or had it's a. The, it's the mRNA spike protein. <laughs> but my friend in your brain told me, he goes, I just had a bunch of people over to my house the other day to watch a UFC fight. And he goes, I felt nervous. And he goes, not because of like being loud for my neighbors or anything he was i felt i was doing something wrong mm. he was i felt that if That's i weird. told people that i had a whole get together that people would look at me going "Ooh, Judging. you're gonna spread something so he goes i mean he's not i'm not saying he's weird but that whole phenomenon's weird because i think it's kind of common yeah he, but he's just saying that even now like even now which he, you've been have able to have get togethers here for like like a long time he still is like Ooh, I don't know if people are going to judge me for this. So he's now like kind more of a hesitant. Bit of like PTSD energy. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. Like, Did you ever yeah. feel anything like that, Will? Yeah, when we uh, I think it was like 2020 December, we went to uh our family's house for uh I think Christmas or Thanksgiving or something, and I was filming a video where we were making old jello oh, recipes yeah, I remember that, in Chelsea. Yeah. And I felt like I was going to get in trouble for posting a video of me going to family yeah. for the holidays. I yeah, but that's different than feeling like guilty. Yeah, but that's what it was. It was like I felt like I was, I was sort like of like there was this pressure. pressure. Yeah. yeah. It's still, 
I, it for sure is still a thing that people are dealing with. Like I know, um, for example, Zach, uh, one of my friends who works with me, he went to a concert and he got COVID. This was like a month ago. And he was telling me that he felt very judged for it because he would tell people he got COVID for going to a concert and they'd be like, oh, well, what? Oh, it was like this type of concert. Oh, well, what were you thinking? And then like he felt guilt for it. And then he, he could tell when someone else would be like, oh, I'm going to go out for a party, a Halloween party at a club. People would be like, oh, why do you want to why do you have to go and do that? So there and is this is only a month ago. What? What you're taught your story, like your example. Yeah, this only happened like. Because that's so weird. I feel like it's so different here in America. But if you get COVID, for example, like in the workplace, we're like, you can't come in while you have COVID. You're going to infect all of us. So then he's kind of like stuck at home. Every time I go somewhere, I just embrace it. I'm like, well, here we go. I know. But the the one exception I make is when if someone has it at the workplace, it's like if everyone catches it, we're just shut down. Here, here's my thought. Like, I, I've got all the vaccinations. I generally, I wash my hands of shit, and I try to be as safe as possible. At some point, you just got to get on the airplane. You got to pull on the highway. You got to get on the elevator. Like, you're, you, got, you might die. Yeah. No, but that, I, right. I agree. I've done everything I can. But if, and if I die, meh. But I, I totally agree. But it's like, <laughs> just if someone has a cold, I'm going to be like, if you can work from home, you should just work from home. Like, there's no point yeah. in getting it. Before 2019, right. Reggie came in with a cold and he infected Corey. And Corey was... That's kind of a toxic work culture that it just exists in, like, the West of showing up to work no matter what. Yeah, I'd say that is another reason why we're so different. When we were in Japan, I was reading, like, an article in the mm. paper. I was, like, translating it with my phone. And they were saying that kids over there, they don't take their mask off. Like, even for yeah, you were telling because me that. they feel yeah. so secure with it. And, you know, the teacher would say, okay, take your mask off. You're running around the track. And only, like, a third of the class mm. did. And then another half the class, like, They're just, like, just fearful. It down. Yeah. So I think that's kind of a, like, definitely unintended side effect is creating some kind of, like, I, think, I don't know, anxiety in kids. I think for, well, I think I don't for. Know how prevalent that is either. Because Japan is also kind of a little bit. Weird. You know, yeah. Biased towards but, that. Kind of what Will just said, where he's like, at some point, you got to just like rip off the bandaid and, you know, get on the highway. I think even having that mentality is part of the problem in the sense that, like, that was how you had to get out of the hole, right? You're like, I'm vaccinated. What more can I do? But then for the first several things you or first few things you go to, you're like, is this going to take me out? Is this going to be like the COVID hit? And then only yeah. then it kind of eases up. But even then, like, when we went to VidCon, I was like, we're probably going to get slaughtered and pretty yeah, much yeah, everyone you know, i know got you know COVID. it's gonna happen but i'm yeah. just saying like just having that where there's like this perceived risk i think people are hesitant to be like oh i don't want to have 30 people at my house what happens if one guy is sick and doesn't tell us and then we all get smoked uh i'll just have a small get together of five people it's like it just limits people from you know taking that extra social step and i think that yeah. still is a thing today like my friends used to always have get-togethers at their house and now when i've asked them they, they go, used to invite me now they don't invite me well no they, they you know only what? invite like five or six people when you ask why they go and it's never me <laughs> well things on i think what you just said is the perfect analogy to old new tube versus you new old new old nude tube old youtube versus nude tube i am hungry i haven't eaten dinner yet so you're but thinking basically, of nudes <laughs> 
like you know the risk nobody's afraid to really take the risk because they're more worried about getting you know they're worried about getting judged mm. by other people they're worried about people like you know comparing okay, themselves to other people yeah. or they're like the pressure on them and i think back then there wasn't there was really as zero much pressure <laughs> and you know if if you feel like there's a risk you're not going to do you're it you're going to stay a bit safer yeah you know yeah. it's you can't really be creative and worry about what people are going to think about you or that's your video. That's true. I mean, that's you know, definitely true. You kind of just true. have to not care Kevin, what people but think. I used to upload videos without even watching them. <laughs> I would just render exactly. and upload. But now it's like, you know, people start picking your videos apart and you kind of feel more self-conscious about it. And that leads to yeah, like, I, but I think you know, it's, more I think fear. it's, I still think it's deeper. I still think that there's something like subconscious where... It's like it's like you you the bar in your head is set too high. It's like if I'm gonna draw a picture or make a comic, it has to be funny. Like yeah, that's they, the fear. But is it fear of being that's, judged or is it fear of not of being like not performing? I think there's uh, just a lot of expectations both. you feel that your audience has. You know, if you don't take the risk and just do it, then there's no possible way you can get any sort of reward from it. But then why are you no. making videos? Right, so it's like, are you making videos so that people watch them? Are you making videos so that because you, you think you can make money? Are you making videos because it's like a fun thing to do, or there's some part of it that you enjoy? I think that no matter what the answer is, um, feeling like not you're not making a video because you're afraid what somebody else will think. That's like all in your head because yeah. people will like it. And they won't even notice half of the stuff that you notice in the video. Like I said that this cut was kind of rough for the video I just sent in to get reviewed. You know, if I showed that to my mom, she would like it. Yeah. You know, if I showed it to you guys right now, you'd probably think it was a finished video or or close to it. The thing, too, that's rough when you're editing, I, I think what's weird when you're editing stuff is that you've seen the clips so many times that you know yeah. all the nuances. But when you show it to somebody once, yeah. which most people watch the video once, maybe twice, like, you know, if you're lucky, but it's like usually once, yeah. they've never seen it before. So it's kind of like you, someone just telling you something that you've never heard before and like it feels like the information is too quick. Things yeah, just how many pass times right have you gone by the them. comments like they're just of a video and they're like, oh, I like this part at, you know, whatever timestamp. And then you click on it and you're like, oh, I totally missed that part. You know, you were thinking yeah, about you're, what they said or something. Well, because and, you're just analy- like you're seeing all these images for the first time. So you're like, oh, hey, there's that yeah. thing. Sometimes you're not even – while you're looking at one thing, you're not even hearing what you're saying. Or they're listening exactly. to you and they kind of zone out from what's on the screen. They look away at their phone and it's like you're meticulously editing and doing all these things. And some of them, don't, they don't even notice. So why do you think that a lot of – you know, most of the groundbreaking works come from newer artists? In whatever field, you know, like music, actors, because they're willing to take the risk. And it's also a great it's a great filter as well, where if you've got a bunch of people doing Mm. stuff, of course, you're going to see the success. And so there's always someone doing something weird. Um, And sometimes it works really well. I, I think to Kevin's point, at the same time, the people who like you said, some people like, you know, faded away. You know, the old dinosaurs of YouTube vanished. Yeah, why didn't they stay great? But I think that the some the people who have, there are some people who've made, managed to kind of stay that way. They just changed. They changed their content. They fundamentally took a risk to do things differently. And then they got a new audience. They or they expand the people who were watching them were revitalized because they see something new. I think if you stop taking risks, you kind of 
just fall apart. But I do think that a lot of people at the top, even if they are taking a lot of risks, they do become much more measured out of like this fear of, you know, backlash. What's the most uh, like real job you've had working with other people? <sighs> Not YouTube. Real jobs. I can't remember those. Like in a lab Donuts. or something? Dunkin' Donuts. You worked at Dunkin'? I worked, I worked at a yeah, grocery I worked, store. I, I worked couple. in the lab. Wait. What was the best part of working at the grocery store? The customers. They were, it was fantastic speaking to each and every super polite customer who came in. Uh, I don't believe no, that. No, the, the, the weird like, thing is my customers. I, I would say it is. I worked at a grocery yeah. store too. My customers were super polite and fun. But that was a okay, very atypical experience. Yeah. Um, it was hanging out with all like, your coworkers and stuff. And I think that that is like something that is hard to describe. At, like it's a job. But the social aspect of it is the part I enjoy the most. Like there's a, it's like, you know, people who are doing the same thing mm. as you, you're kind of in the same boat, you're in the same struggle. Like your boss is an asshole. You share the same boss, common enemy, high five. <laughs> let's go do drugs after work. <laughs> um, That's way too accurate to my time in the grocery store. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I think that like it's very similar on YouTube, except it's very easy to not have that socialization. Yes because you're doing everything by yourself. And I used to do everything with John, um, but that stopped at some point. And I kind of noticed that it was harder for me to do things because I was just in a room doing stuff by myself. Like I, I kind of lost the like camaraderie part of it. And I, I think that on the platform on YouTube, that's probably what I enjoy the most is that camaraderie. Like, you know, they say you never want to be the smartest person in the room. It's true. You don't because you you'll never aspire to do more or enough. Like if you're in a room full of very smart people, it's gonna make you feel like you need to up yeah. your game. It's gonna make you try harder. It's gonna make you bust your ass, and that is the experience I've had working at normal jobs with a bunch of very smart people. It was like holy shit, these guys are super smart. I want to do these things, and I would try stuff and I'd ask questions, and I think it's basically how I learned everything that I know now is that pressure it put on me and and the sort of door the window it opened so i could see what the possibilities are and i think that i used to feel more strongly about that on youtube when it was more communal you know whether it's the platform or the pandemic or whatnot and i think there's something a little bit you know sad about losing that in any capacity as a like less events or people just you know, straying away from collaborative content because they kind of perform worse typically. I mean, like, could you imagine doing a collaboration video on Nile Red? Oh, I mean, as a point of that, it's a, it's a bad example because as a point, I never did collabs, even when like in 2014. Right. I was a collabs like, lame. Well, that's what I'm saying is, <laughs> is that sort of what has happened is collaborations have been deemed inferior. Oh, I, I deem them inferior because I just don't like them. From the from right. from the very beginning, I've never collabed. But people typically do them poorly. I mean, not typically, but a lot of times do them poorly, and so it's sort of built up built up a bad rap. And it kind of just feels like some people. I don't know if they were making fun of me or if they were uh, endorsing it, but the idea of like the podcast being like a social opportunity that is relatively rare mm. in your day to day life. Like you don't. I mean, how often do you? I mean, you work with your friends, so it's a little bit mm. different. But like Kevin's just you know like me, a loser at home. Kevin, defend yourself. <laughs> it's true. Um, so it's true. <laughs> I would say 
And I like it that now, way. The one thing that I, because I've thought about this a lot, because I remember telling somebody, if you join YouTube to make friends, uh, you've chosen the wrong reason to join YouTube because it's not because I'll fight, of, I'll fight you on Well, no, this. it's not because of YouTube that I, I just say that a lot of people tell me they joined YouTube to have a community and to have friends. And then you speak to a lot of them and they go, why don't I have that? Some people do. Some people do. I'm just saying a lot of people yeah. say they don't. And it's because you start to realize that the platform doesn't give that to you. And I think when you were starting as a creator, when you, you know, you were a young creator with a, you know, young a fresh healthy. look on life, you know, you had motivation and there was less pressure to produce videos and to put work into it. And I remember I would do things that I would never do now just because of how time wasteful it is. Like I was kind of like, I need dry ice. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to my university downtown, which is like a 20-minute drive, have lunch with a friend of mine who I haven't seen in a while. I spent two hours with him just so that he would give me a handful of dry ice. <laughs> it literally took like four hours. And then what happened, though, is I found out that I had a budget and there's also a dry ice supplier closer to me. So I stopped going to see my friend <laughs> for that purpose. But I'm saying that when I was starting on YouTube, that was a totally viable thing. And when you have no budget, I would go and just like help people for hours for like a small little thing. Whereas now I'm just like, no, I don't have time to do that. You know what you said to me when we first met? What? I'm ready to defend myself. Once my channel <laughs> got big, I was I was waiting for people to like. Oh hit yeah, me yeah, up. yeah, yeah, yeah. And never happened. But why were you waiting for that? Where, where did the expectation come from? Waiting. It's. It's this, like, it's not an expectation, but this is why I'm saying that. No, but you, you were saying that you were kind of confused or you were, it was like you just sort of thought, you know, people were going to, like, because, start hitting you up to do no, things. No, because you model it. At least I did. I find that I've spoken to some people who do it like that, too. You kind of model YouTube as what you your experience in, like you said, like a normal job or like school where the answer was like, dude, if I go to class every day, I'm just bound to make friends. So, like, the idea was, I'll just keep putting out YouTube videos. You build a community. It's like, you're just bound to bump into people and make friends. And the answer is kind of like, no. It's not like a class where I'm just sitting next to the same person all the time. And I end up just, I don't know. I never thought about it when I was in school. Whereas on YouTube, it's like, no, you, you do have to reach out to people. You have to put in, like, an active effort to build a community. Or else it, it doesn't just happen. Yeah, but it's, it's not that far away from just being in class sitting next to somebody. It's, it's you, not, because you could go reach out to pretty much any YouTuber. I did. And just I actually like, did oh, hey, reach like... out to uh, a well-known science YouTuber, and it's weird. Oh, no. Never <laughs> never responded to me. And then after that, I just well, quit. The conversation, <laughs> the conversation was generally pleasant. I thought you were saying generally bad. <laughs> you could. <laughs> just like the real world. You, you plan on doing something. Yeah, we're totally going to do it this weekend. And then... But it's... And then it never happens. So that's it. what is this about? Is this video? Is this podcast about how to make friends? Yes. Are we, is that where we are? How to lose friends? <laughs> no, and... I. I think that it's kind of too. Where like um, I was mentioning to a friend the other day too, because they're complaining about how uh, th they're just like nobody likes doing anything anymore. And I was like, yeah, partly from the pandemic, maybe. But they're like, no, it just doesn't happen. And I go, yeah, because when you were in school, people just everyone was in the same like kind of level in life same goals same everything you just things ju you didn't have to put any effort into it i'm like but now you're living a life post university or school where you have yeah, to I put think in that's effort. what it is 
more than anything. It is, but it's also two years, two and a half, three years post-COVID as well. I think that that three years kind of blindfolded people to some of the natural changes they would have experienced. Yes, I, I do agree. I just think that making connections with anybody is work, like is, is genuinely yeah. a lot of work. And I went into YouTube just thinking it was like university where you're just like, man, because I, I, I knew everyone in my program, there's stuff every weekend. Like I was hanging out with someone all the time. But then I go to YouTube and I'm like, if I'm just there enough, people like I'm bound to interact. And then I was like, nope. But I mean, even just Twitter interactions, it's like it, it's like going to random parties all the time. I, that's a terrible example, actually. It's just that in order to make like to to know you. Well, what about that Minecraft server we were a part of? The Epic SMP. You know, we played on that for a while. Yeah. You could have kept playing on it and hanging out with them. That was probably like the lowest barrier to entry of hanging out with YouTubers, you know, just get to play video games. But it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the question is, like, then how would you like you don't do you talk to any of those? You talk to some of them, right? That you met in there. Yeah, depends. Like some people just have more you have more in common with. Yeah, than yeah, others. yeah, yeah. I just think it just takes. Yeah, work well, I and think effort. that's maybe what, yeah. you know, Nigel's kind of saying is you think you're all going to be one community, but it's. It's still like you can't be friends with everybody. You still have to have something in common with them besides, I guess, making videos. That's kind of the whole like arc of this, right? Is that I feel like early YouTube, up until, you know, maybe five years ago, maybe a little bit more, was very kind of, it felt like a community. It felt like you could kind of like grab it and hold it up. And it was it was communal, right? Like like Maker Studios had a physical space in like Santa Monica or something, and there was there was you know like even like Casey Neistat with the whole three six eight thing, right? It was like trying to build this thing. They had the YouTube space, which is a physical location that you know multiple across the world where YouTube made it so that you could go there and collaborate and use the they studios and up, equipment. Though. They said that they, you have it, to have like an appointment. It was, to it was extremely bad just, and they really yeah. did a horrible job doing it and i i want to i want them to know that they did a horrible job i, I think they already know i don't have to explain it to them but you know what i thought the first time i was like oh i'm gonna go to the youtube space there's gonna be youtube people there it's gonna be Same. awesome it's gonna be and it was just it was like a doctor's office <laughs> horrible yeah Hell yeah it was and kind of depressing at the end of the day i think that putting people in the same room and like providing opportunities for connections like VidCon where we met yes is the most important part of making YouTube to me feel like that work environment where yeah. you are friends with your coworkers which I see a lot of posts on Reddit that talk about how much they like hate their coworkers and they don't want to be friends with people or hang out with them outside of work which to me is fine but it also feels extremely antisocial and introverted unless you really hate these people because yeah usually people are there's that something horrific usually there are you do get some horrific people just like to complain if you made a post saying oh i love my coworkers, everything's fine yeah you're people, only wait, you're only going to see the worst I, of the worst getting pushed i up. do want to say one thing though well like i think the vidcon i agree with you on everything you said pretty much but it's like i think vidcon is a good example of what i was talking about you could view that as like going back to school to a certain extent where it's like everyone's there with a common goal the events like four mm -hmm. days like no one has and everyone's just there with the for the same reason for a set amount of time so it's like everyone just wants to hang out everyone's goal is to hang out it's like i met you i meet i met a whole well, probably like the majority of the creators i know i just met from that one that VidCon. one event yeah but then the question is like how many did i meet over the internet 
And then how many did I meet after that over the internet? And the answer is a fraction of that. And then where did, when I, did I meet people again? Creator Clash, VidCon yeah. again. Um, yeah. It's, I think the problem is YouTube is a social platform, but in reality, you never really get to meet. Like, you don't ever become friends with anyone unless you kind of do something for a long period of or a significant that's, period. But of that's time. real. That's real life, yeah. though. That's I mean, you're you're. It's always going to be like difficult to to make friends with people, and some people are just built different than others. But there's, I, I would say, it's a lot easier mm-hmm. to become friends with people based off of even a single impact. Oh no, that's experience. what I'm saying. That's I, I'm saying. Yeah. So I'm saying that online, even though it's like a social platform. Even if you put in all the effort and meet people, they're not really – it doesn't really feel real until you're in person and you right. and you kind of like see each other's mannerisms. You're kind of like, okay, you cool. You can't spit on yeah, them. Like you don't friends. really know them. Yeah. So unless you have those in-person events, yeah, you will not – It's it never feels right that you really know the person. Like any other relationship, you only get out you know, what you are willing to put yeah. in. No, for sure. And I've met a couple of YouTubers, you know, where I'm like, oh, this is a cool person. And, you know, I'd like to, like, you know, hang out with them more. But I feel like it's it's harder to hang out as friends with a lot of YouTubers because they're very like they have a one track yeah. mind a lot of the time and it's content. And yeah, but that's, you know, I feel a part of the experience of meeting new people is sometimes they are on the same page. And sometimes you think they're on the same page, but they actually have, you know, some squirrel brain or some you know like you never know yeah like and you end up figuring it out eventually like you can you can filter out who is who's doing what for why and i think that's kind of a part of like the bigger discussion of like why i'm on youtube is like why do i like doing this uh you know there's reasons i don't like doing it there's reasons i do like doing it um and one of the reasons is the socialization and so Mm -hmm. it's like i am always down to just do stuff making a video or not making a video some people just that's they don't care about anything else it's like nope i gotta go do this like they're either antisocial or they just yeah. have you know gotta do the thing gotta do the thing uh maybe they don't like you that's fine <laughs> um but you know having those in-person mm-hmm. experiences will provide the opportunity to meet people that don't want to hang out with you and people that do want to hang out with you it's true oh 100 like, percent, absolutely you miss every swing you don't swing how does that go <laughs> but not like that <laughs> moving on <laughs> i won't tell you you just leave you hanging no uh, it's that's what i think i think why vi- the re- the recent vidcon was kind of weird especially because it was sponsored by tiktok i spoke to some of the tiktok <laughs> tiktokers uh i'm a tiktoker so like i i i uh you know I got them. I understood them. But one of them told me, they go, this is the first event I've ever been to that someone else does TikTok. And he's like, there's kind of never been a major event. So he goes, half the people here have never met in person, more than half. This is their first interaction in person, even though some of them have known each other for like a year or more just over TikTok. Well, yeah, TikTok's, you know, kind of new relatively. And during the during COVID is, you know, I would say it was definitely blowing up then. Too. And a lot of YouTubers blew up too. So then you have this event where probably I'd say the majority of people have never met each other. Yeah. I remember walking into the room and being like, I don't recognize anybody. So then you turn to the person you do know. And I think everyone kind of did that. 
It's also an extremely diverse group of creators. It was like way too way diverse. too diverse. We need like, less diversity. Yeah. <laughs> we need less. We need like to. Geez, we need to concentrate them into oh, no. YouTube long form content and short form content. I think there's something a little bit cursed about bringing two platforms into the same event. But I, like, I think that it will eventually blend together. Now that you can post shorts on your channel and not have them appear right next to your main videos. No, I think that's just in the app. I think it's still a disaster <laughs> on your channel. I know. No, really? Yeah. No, no, Kevin, Kevin no, thought he yeah, had. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you think they would do it? You think they would do it how they should have done it from the very beginning and then spend like a year trying to do it and then never do it? It took them this long to separate the shorts and long form and live streaming in the app. They should have had three apps. I think that separating them in the app is definitely the right way to do it, and I don't know why it took so long. All right, well, uh, that was fun. If you would like to uh, make friends with us, you can you can pay us money on our Patreon. Yep, safety how Patreon. any true friendship starts. Uh, this is how every true friend. Hey, I'm I've made friends. Actually, that's not even with that. People yeah, that yeah, that's not that inaccurate. There's there I can I can, there are many people that you've paid that to I have be met in real with. life and become friends with that I have paid to be friends with. Yes. Um, so that's not no promises, but uh, we hired two people. I I've paid one, two, three, yeah. four people from the four, server. Five. Wait. Oh my god! Almost everyone who did the Squid Game video, who was like yeah, engineering so that, that project, was were, were people that watched Catherine. my videos. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, I, I was actually confused when I went there. I was like, "Where'd all these people come from?" <laughs> They're all like, "They're William Osmond yeah, fans." We're like, that is we're just so Discord cool. guys, and I'm like, "Oh, oh cool. my god! Wow, that's actually astounding." Uh, so if you get on the really, Discord, really you can get hired. <laughs> Are you looking That's for a really job? Join the it. Discord. I'm kind of freaking out now. I just realized all my friends are people that I, I've met because they watch my videos. Oh, God. See, that is how you leverage your channel for community. <laughs> uh, anyways, if you want to support the podcast, um, we have a Patreon. <laughs> you get things. We've got two tiers. You get extras, which I swear to God, they don't get posted. And we're going to post them. There's going to be a flood of them once we have somebody editing them. And if you're in the advanced Gigabrain tier, which is, what is it, Galaxy Brain? Yeah. I'll send you a Polaroid. So thank you to everybody who supports us on Patreon. Here's the names of those people floating around on the screen. All 10,000 of them. 10,000. It's not. No, it's not. It's not anywhere. I think I actually have no idea how many it is. It's probably like. It, how many? You can check. I don't know. Like three? At least three. That's quite a bit. <laughs> All right, we're going to record an extra right now. We're going to do a Q&A. I feel like we haven't done those. We've ignored those. We're going to ask very interesting questions, such as, we'll give you a, we'll give you a teaser. We're going to give you guys a teaser right now. We should all give. They're going to, these questions are going to be extremely good, and you're going, to, you're going to hear them. And we you're should give like, teaser oh, man, answers I have as well. To go. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so here's the first question. I think we answered this last time, but uh, Patreon question. Is the Patreon questions dead? No. Oh, wait, uh, <laughs> you can't answer that question already. Oh, wait, what happened to Kevin? Oh, oh my, camera, my camera died. Podcast Here's a question. Over. Are you guys truly friends or using each other for clout? Yes. Ooh, that one's good. That one, this that's going like to be a deep, dirty dilemma. answer. If you want to hear the truth about us being friends in real life or if it is just purely a business relationship, you're going to have to pay money. <laughs> you're going to have to pay money. <laughs> I think money. that answers the question. Next. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, this question is, this channel should be hacked for nefarious purposes. Agree or disagree? What channel? You know, I actually, I think that uh, um, hinting at the questions probably is actually going to make this push to Patreon even worse. <laughs> what questions are these? They're on the server. The, the exclusive Discord server you get access to as you join, a Patreon you can ask, member of the Safety Third Podcast. If you podcast. join, you can ask better questions. <laughs> You get exclusive content immediately to videos like uh, uh, do eating dog, dog food or human food, <laughs> where we eat dog food. Mm. That's right. We will do anything for money. <laughs> Is that one out? Yeah, that one's been out for a while. And I really think that I should figure out how to uh, publish it publicly. You know what? Screw it. I'm just going to do it now. Wait, what? You're just going to post it live? I'm just going to publish. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to live publish the dog food video. You're just uh, going to post it. Uh, oh, oh, yeah? So go watch the dog food video. There's more of that where that came <laughs> from, but but not really, because that was just a really good video. Yeah, that's a banger. Verified banger. Uh, I can't do it right now. I'm not logged in. No, you shouldn't. I'll do it. We'll do it. Do I have to do it right now? What if we do it right when this podcast posts? Or do we just do it do now? It live. Do it live? Damn it. Okay, give me a second. This is going to take me like... <laughs> this is why, I'm we should go get this Jared. podcast be ending? 